We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Eurostep Podcast. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, and I am not joined by my good friend, Ty Windish, today. But rather than ramble on like I normally do when, when Ty is away, I decided to bring in a guest that I and also Ty are very uh, excited about today. We have Viren Fader from Bleacher Report, and I'm sure most of you guys have already heard about uh, her work and certainly her story on uh, Alex, Giannis, and the Adetokounmpo family last week. So we are going to run through that. Marin, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. We're, we were just talking. It's uh, early in the morning here or early-ish in the morning here, and you're just uh, hopefully wrapping up your day. I, I would imagine from everything you've been doing, you're probably uh, pretty tired at the moment. I am pretty tired. I actually need to take some time off, but it's good. You you want to be grinding. You want to be hustling out there to get the best stories possible. Well, you've definitely been on fire lately. So, Miran, we, we're going to talk about the, the story with Alex. I know last night, um, or, or maybe, I don't know, maybe it was today. I don't know. It was last night for me. I was about to go to sleep, and I saw the story on the on the WNBA fran- Las, Ve- Las Vegas franchise, which obviously, again, was another great story if you guys have a chance to read that. I'm a little bit biased. I was really interested in the Liz Cambage stuff, uh, obviously being Australian. But uh, you, with these two stories in the last couple of weeks, have not had uh, much time to, to rest, I would imagine. But uh, with, the, with the stuff with Alex and Giannis, do you still get, and I know you, you, you write great features, so was this, where was this story in terms of when you were planning this and thinking about potentially how excited you may be because some some stories, as you know, you get more excited about than others. But I think this one in particular uh, with that family, I, I don't think a lot of people have had the insight that probably you got and particularly with, with the other brothers outside of Giannis. 
I mean, I really appreciate that. I was really excited. I think it was probably one of the most exciting stories that I've been able to do, been fortunate to do, because I think it just started with so much uncertainty. Like Giannis was not guaranteed to be there. <laughs> so right. I, I flew to Milwaukee not knowing who would show up. I didn't know really who lived with each other or what. But, you know, when he shows up there, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Okay, remember how to speak English. You can do this, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was definitely thrilling. And it was cool because like you, you don't want to do something that everyone else is doing. I'm, I just saw so many narratives about him alone and his athleticism. And I wanted to show a different side of him. And I knew that if I profiled Alex, it would kind of give me an opportunity to profile both of them. (laughs) Well, I think it did because this is, this is the funny thing when I, and I, like I already told you this, I read this story probably three or four times. And I think every time I read it, there was something else that I took away from it, but uh, while it was certainly a, a story about Alex, I, I think we did learn even more about Giannis and potentially, um, you know, people that ha- have been following Milwaukee or following Giannis closely maybe weren't surprised about how uh, hard he pushes Alex. But I, I think one of the thing I want to start with is, and it was very early in the story, there was, uh, and we've heard this stuff from Giannis before, but he said, I definitely think Alex can be better than me. Uh he stays motivated. He wants this. That's what makes him special. He's not satisfied. Now, I, when you read through the story, you, do, you certainly see that that wasn't always the case with Alex, and you can't help but feel that Giannis obviously has been a big influence with that because uh, I, I know from being around Giannis and being around the box and just from everything else you read that there's probably not too many people that work harder than him. And when you saw them two working out together, did you do you believe Giannis when he says that he thinks Alex can be better than him, or do you think that this is this is really uh, him keeping Alex hungry and keeping Alex motivated? I mean, it's so hard because the thought of somebody being better than Giannis <laughs> is just I'm sorry, is bonkers, and I don't know another word to say it. Um, as a writer, I should have a better word than that, but I don't. Um, I, I don't think it's humanly possible. But then Alex said that that's not even Giannis's best. I think. Yeah. I think the thing is, is like Giannis has been telling Alex that since they were kids. So he's not doing this for like public display or for Alex to be motivated. Like he genuinely believes this, like with all his heart. When you listen to Giannis talk, he sounds like a prophet. He sounds so sure. Like he's not joking. Like he never smiles. He's never like, um, oh yeah, like that's just, I'm just saying that. No, it's, he's like very serious. He really believes that. Yeah, I I would, yeah. I mean, that's certainly probably the way I would take that. It's interesting when you talk about Alex and the fact that he's been hearing this from Giannis and being pushed uh, from Giannis his whole life when you spoke about Alex saying that he believes he can be better than this version of Giannis, which again, as you just said, I mean, you're talking about the guy that just won the MVP and you still <laughs> think that he can get so much better. But uh, when Alex says that to you, because I know as you read through the story, uh, Alex is someone that certainly does go through moments of self-doubt, I guess, or, or questioning what's going to happen or where he's going to end up. So when he says those things, do you does it feel like he's comfortably saying those things yet given the fact he, i mean he's this we're talking about a 17 year old kid 
Yeah, I think Alex is really interesting because of his ambivalence. I think that sometimes I'm talking with him and he is just so sure of himself. Oh, yeah, I believe I can be better than Giannis. Like he told me that. And then other times he's like, maybe this isn't for me. And he feels so low that he's just never going to reach what they're doing. And, um, and you know, it's not just Giannis, it's the other brothers. So he has so much expectation from, you know, to outperform all of them. And I think that Alex's anxiety makes him relatable and human. And I think that, you know, when you're exploring a sports family, you don't want to just write like a hype story like, oh, next in line, destined for greatness. Yeah. It's so much more complicated than that. It's, it's a really, really hard place to be in, especially as the fourth. There are some guys who are the third and, you know, the third is hard enough. But to be the fourth, that's just like on another level of difficulty. Yeah, and I think... I think the interesting thing is that obviously when you look at the other brothers and Thanasis, obviously now coming back to Milwaukee, but he's a bit older. And then uh, Costas obviously has had a year in the system. Uh, we're talking about a potential uh, first rounder projected at this point in 2021. So he is significantly younger than the others. <laughs> and by the time he comes into the league, uh, maybe Giannis, who this whole time has said that he's going to be better than me, maybe he has two MVPs, maybe he has three and that, um, is probably, uh, you know, a, a pressure that obviously most people can't understand. But um, when you do talk about the work ethic and, and you got to see these guys work out uh, a little bit together, uh, obviously, as I said, that's been a trademark of Giannis. Do you see that same sort of work ethic with Alex when you see these guys working out? I know from talking to Giannis and, and seeing Giannis w- with working out with guys like Thon, Thon Maker and, and these guys that have really pushed him in the past that uh, when these guys are, are on the court together, it's they're, they're not messing around. I mean, Alex has tremendous work ethic and I think it's because he's been through periods of time in his life where he did not have work ethic and he thought he was better than he was. And Giannis was the one that was like, you need to pick it up. All of his brothers really were like, you're, what are you doing? You're too relaxed. So he's he had to learn work ethic. He's always been competitive. He's a gamer, but he's had to learn how to stay committed. And I think he is very committed. It's just that I think that ambivalence comes out sometimes and he doesn't take over games, even though he could. Like there's just this like next level that he has to turn on and find. And I think a lot of 17 year olds do. It's very hard to know um, how to translate that competitiveness into being a killer. I wish there, my quote about killers was in the piece. All the brothers were talking about the different kinds of killers they were. And Alex is like this, he calls himself like the shy killer because he's so quiet, you know? And so I think that he's working on sort of bringing that out and having the work ethic really translate to being more dominant on the court. Yeah, you, that's interesting because one of the notes I did take when I was reading the story was I just I just wrote killer mode, which was you did right killer mode but you probably didn't go into that further so when how did that come up look what's what's that all about because i don't think that's as you said i don't think that's uh something that we got too much detail on yeah man i wish for all my stories i could just do like the outtakes and just like write what didn't make it (laughs) so i appreciate this question a lot um basically alex was telling me that Giannis says you you got to be in killer mode and um we were talking about how it's human nature to not always be in killer mode all the time right like the the body the mind relaxes sometimes and I was like do you think you're a killer yet and he was like I think so I was like (laughs) okay (laughs) I was like wow very convincing but um he was like I said something like you know how there's different kinds of killers like what type of killer are you 
he was like, oh man, hmm, I think I'm the shy killer. And then he, and then I was like, well, what about your brothers? How, how are you different? And he, he says that Thanasis is like a, um, a smiling killer. So he's a very friendly guy, very nice personality, but he's going to like cut your heart out while smiling. Kosas <laughs> uh, <laughs> is, is kind of like that sneaky killer. Like you don't see him coming and then wham, he's going to block the shit out of you. And it's just kind of like he sneaks up on you like that. Giannis is like the outspoken killer. He believes he's dominant. He knows he's dominant. He's going to show you. And then Alex is the more reserved. So, you know, he was saying that like being a killer is in my DNA as part of this family. Like I don't have to learn that. That's something that, you know, was just in me. But I do think that he has had to learn how to apply that. And, and that's been a lifelong journey. It still is. Like the way that he watches Giannis is fascinating. He's, it's almost like, watching somebody for 17 years and trying to absorb their movements, thoughts, beliefs, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I just, I don't know. I think this is why it's so interesting because even, um, you know, and when you read through the story about where, you know, the, the story that we know about where they've come from and then coming to America, but then once they got here, things did change very quickly. And, and all of a sudden, Giannis had money and now obviously he's in a you know a situation where uh you know he's getting paid 100 million dollars soon to be maybe probably 250 million dollars and I I think that was something that it seemed to come through that at times Alex being that younger uh kid and the other guys were were young but a little bit older and and coming through that from the age of of 12 or, or thereabouts and then uh being at school and going to fancy schools and just being in a different situation being a teenager I think it looked like it provided some challenges, and clearly, Jan, uh, Charles Giannis, uh, the family's dad, and then uh, and and obviously Giannis now have have taken a real responsibility. It seemed like in keeping him pretty grounded. I mean, I I think this is one of the things that I really wanted people to pick up on, which was the anxiety about money. I think that like there's a narrative within sports writing that it's it's almost cliche at this point like basketball player rises above tough um you know financial circumstances but nobody talks about like the after like what happens when you get money and like anybody who didn't have money knows that like you don't lose those anxieties like just because you have it doesn't mean that everything's all good and i think that it's alex's fear it's still there, even though he has everything. He has everything that Giannis didn't have growing up. And he has the tools and resources to flourish and go to the NBA. And, and Giannis didn't have that advantage. And I think that Alex is trying to find his way despite having all of those things. And it's an adjustment. I, I think that, you know, Giannis giving him that look, like we can't get that in reference to the PlayStation was something that yeah. I really, really wanted to emphasize. And um, and that's why I kind of brought it up again at the end because it's like Alex is so influenced by not having. And so he's always, he's going to remain humble. That's who he is. And um, yeah, so I think that that's, that's as much a part of their story as anything else really. Yeah, and this is something that I've, said a lot and and this is again relating back to why uh you know potentially Giannis or the, or the family has, has settled into Milwaukee so well is because they as you said that that remembering where they came from uh, that fear of of that life I guess and and the stresses and anxiety they still have from that uh is is why I've always said that it's very clear sometimes you know you can be talking to athletes or, or sports people and they can be saying stuff 
to the media or in a media scrum and you don't really believe what they're saying. But with Giannis, it's always seemed that everything has been so genuine and everything, and he is just a genuinely humble person. And one of the things I've always said is that the feeling you get with Giannis is that he doesn't care about doing anything other than playing basketball, hanging out with his girlfriend, his mom, and his brothers. And I, I think that that section in the story certainly seemed to, uh, I guess, reinforce that if we didn't know that already, that that these guys and, and the whole family in general just enjoy being together and, and are thankful for uh, what they have been able to achieve, but they're not satisfied or relaxed or, or going over the top with that either. I mean, I think you're 100% spot on about that. And I think that it also brings back attention of the piece, which is like, what is the purpose of Alex's journey to the NBA? Why does he want this? Because it's not the same purpose as his brothers. They, you know, they were older in Greece and they wanted to make the NBA to change their family's financial circumstances. Well, they have money now. So does Alex need to go to the NBA? No. Um, And he hears that all the time. Like, why are you putting yourself through this? You can just live off your brothers. So that really kind of begs the question, like, well, why are you doing this? Like what motivates you to do this? And that's why I had that section of like the dream is there, is the dream is here, is it's complicated. Like there's not a definitive answer for him. Basketball is tied up in so many different things. And um, I think there is a real fear of going back to the previous lifestyle. And so maybe that's why he hangs on to basketball. But as the piece goes on, I hope people see that there's a lot of reasons why he hangs on to basketball. So this might be not something that you can really answer with, with any surety, but did you feel from talking to him then? Because that, that was something I was trying to figure out as I was reading. I've always felt that the passion for playing basketball with Giannis was very clear and that, yes, he, he was obviously pushed uh, you know, by his family and his brothers and, and that's what motivated him. And you spoke about the, you know, the money situation and that, because it has been from that age of 12, certainly not at a younger age, but from that age of 12 with, with Alex, do you feel that this is, he is as passionate about the game as Giannis? Is this, I, I don't know if that, like I said, that that's something that you can answer, but did you get any sense of that? I mean, it's, it's, you're right. It's a tough question. I think that he does and he doesn't. I think it's both. Yeah. I think that Giannis is like, um, I don't want to say Giannis is one of the most unique athletes I've ever interviewed. Just in terms of like, it is hard to duplicate his passion. Passion is like way overused and everyone's like, I got passion. I, you know, I love basketball. Giannis like literally has passion and loves basketball. That's like a different level of obsession that not a lot of humans have. So the fact that Alex may not have that is okay because that's, that's normal. But Alex has his own passion for it. There are times where I am like very sure that like he's in love with this game. He doesn't just love basketball. He's in love with this game. And there are other times where I feel like I don't know if he has that bite. Like I don't, I don't know if the killer is fully unleashed. And, and maybe that's a different thing than what we're talking about, right? Passion and love. But I think that his, the story on him and how he feels and what's going to happen, it's all TBD. So it's more like I just see glimpses of both sides. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's probably that makes sense to me, and I, I think that's the way it came across. I just it, it's I think it's really interesting because you spoke about Giannis, and I, I think 
another thing that I, I've picked up from talking to him, and any time I would speak to Giannis one-on-one, he, you could talk about him and he would be passionate, passionate about the game and he would talk to you. But if you spoke to him about someone that he cares about, then it goes to an all, another level, <laughs> particularly when it is about the game of basketball as well. Like this is a guy that uh, loves being driven by other people, but you know, particularly with someone like Alex, somebody who loves his little brother, uh, it, it's it's very clear that he gets a lot out of seeing him be successful and wants to see him continue to be a, as good as he can be and probably really wants him to be better than him. Well, and I think it's even a step further. Like Giannis is like yearning to protect Alex. Like he, I really tried to show that he's almost like a surrogate father figure and he gets nervous. Like he told me he gets more nervous watching Alex play than playing in the freaking Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> what? You know? And so I think that like, it's it's not even like what Giannis told me about how he feels about Alex. It's just to be in a room with them for a day, you can feel it. It's just like the you know we can't get that look that he gave Alex. They they just like communicate without talking and it's like this kinetic energy that you can feel. Like when I'm next to them, I can feel the bond that they have. Like I can feel how um how much Giannis would do for Alex. I can feel how much Alex wants to be Giannis, but be better than him, but be different than him, but be him, but be different. You know, I can, these are things, it's really weird. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but like being there, spending that much time with them, it was more of a feeling than, you know, words said that kind of really influenced the way I tried to portray their relationship. Yeah, you just touched on something which is interesting. This is what I want to get to next is the, is the, I, I don't know what is the right word, whether father figure is the right word, because obviously, I, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if that is the right way to put it, but I'll get to that in a second. But you were talking about being tired and Ty always does the ad reads, just so you know, Miran. He is, he loves doing ad reads, uh, so I just let him go. But I bet you wonder how in the world uh, the, the world's leading CEOs have the kind of energy they do to do what they do. And the answer may surprise you. While most Americans are not getting the sleep they need, tech founders and CEOs are optimizing their sleep to perform at peak level every day. Eight Sleep, the ultimate sleep machine, is, a, is the first and only high-tech bed designed to help you achieve peak mind and body performance. The pod dynamically adjusts the temperature on each side of the bed so you're comfortable all night. The pod tracks your biometrics while you sleep with no need for wearable technology. Enjoy personalized programs and coaching designed by experts guiding you toward true sleep fitness. The better you sleep, the better you everything. You can try the pod for 100 nights, and if you don't love it, we will refund your purchase and arrange a free pickup only at 8sleep.com slash bluewire. That's 8sleep.com slash bluewire. Now, I could probably, I feel like I'm still adjusting back to being in Australia, so I could probably use a little bit more sleep. I know you definitely could, but uh, you guys should check that out if, if you are not getting enough sleep. But back to the point of this, the the, the father figure stuff is interesting to me because I, I it, it seems that, Giannis has always had this protective mentality with with his brothers throughout their whole life, but uh, potentially this has been something that has taken over uh, even more importance. And, and I'm not sure whether you have any insight into that uh, in terms of, you know, particularly Alex, who is the, who's the baby of the family, and it, and it seems that Giannis does take real responsibility uh, in 
not only it's not just about basketball it seems it's more just the entire life and and being the person that obviously their their father brought them up to be yeah i definitely you know of course careful to say father as well you know out of respect for their dad but yeah you can really feel like a, a fatherly protective kind of energy around Giannis and alex um it can go from like serious to hilarious like on the you know the serious end he's like you know, I want him to be his own man. I want him to not care about what people think. He's young. He cares about what people think. I need him to get off the internet. Or there's hilarious times where um, I wish this made it in the piece, but it couldn't. He was yelling at Alex for drinking lemon lime Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you saw a little tidbit in the second section there. But I wanted like, the he was just like, bro, what are you doing? Like, stop it. Put that down. Um, so, you know, I, de- I definitely think that they have that dynamic and you know I'm careful too because Alex sort of has like three brothers four brothers actually so um so each of them in their own ways are father figures for him but I think after their dad's death in particular it became even more so yeah and this this was easily for mine, maybe the most difficult part of the story to read, and I, you probably know where I'm going with this, but the the part where you spoke about the conversation that they had um, with a family get-together and Alex had some plans with friends, so he didn't go. How, how did that come up in your conversation and what was that feeling like? Obviously, it was you and Alex down uh, in, in his I don't know what you want to call it, a man cave, whatever, whatever the, the situation yeah. is down there. But but how was that moment and talking through that? Because that was some pretty tough stuff. And and honestly, it's something that I think everyone has done. I've certainly done it where there's a family thing and you're like, I got plans, I'm not going. And you always think about what could possibly happen, but this was pretty real. Yeah, I mean, it was really gut-wrenching. And I think that, you know, a lot of times people read my stories and they're just like, oh man, like, how'd you get that? Like, whoa, all those details about this really painful thing. Well, that doesn't happen on hour one of the conversation. Doesn't happen in hour two. Doesn't really happen in hour three. Um, That was hour four, you know? And I think I just approached it like really delicately. I was like, hey, I really need to ask you about this. I understand this might be like really, really difficult for you. And I I completely understand like if you don't want to talk about it and you're not comfortable, that's okay. I just, you know, I I really think it's part of your story. And I just want to know like if you're open to talking about this in any capacity, you know, and like that's how you approach reporting with empathy. Empathy is the most underrated skill you can have as a reporter. And I think by that time when you've already talked with somebody for three plus hours, you've built a trust. And so you know, it was really hard for him to talk about. I could barely hear him. He, his voice was like really shaky. I mean, it was gut wrenching, you know, and you as a reporter, you can't just start crying in the middle of an interview and you feel like a total ass for being like, can you describe the day, the day, you know, the day that the worst day of his life really from start to finish. Like it's really hard to be like, he's like, yeah, I'm in the car with Mariah. And, um, it's hard to be like, was there music playing? But yeah. you got to you gotta ask, what class were you in? Not just, I, he was like, I was in class. It's, it's not like people tell you the story like that. I was in fourth period US history. Yeah. Mariah picked me up. I was listening to Drake. She was not. Like, these are 
details that you have to ask. And he said something to your original question. He said something like, it was so weird considering what happened two days ago. And then I just started crying and I was like, wait, what happened two days ago? He was like, well, I was going to hang out with my friends. So you see what I mean? So it's, it's asking questions, but it's doing it in a really delicate way that is not, I mean, by definition, the conversation is intrusive, but it's not, it's not aggressive. It's not obnoxious. It's very sensitive. It's very deeply human. I feel like I can read the room when people I've had people cry on me and I stop and I'm like, you know what, let's just take a break. This is really hard. Let's just take a break. Like I've done that before. It didn't happen this time, but he started to open up. And once he started talking about that day, it's like every detail began to roll out of him. So it was a really hard conversation, but Alex is very mature and he's very like, um, as ambivalent and, and anxious as he is about life, he's also like very secure in himself and he's thought about these things before. So it was, it was really tough though. Yeah. I, it was tough to read. And I, I think the one line, uh, when obviously Alex did get home and he sees Giannis and then where he said, you remember what I told you two days ago, that is pretty brutal because, uh, like I said, I mean, this is something that when I mean, you're talking about a teenager and this is, like I said, this is something that we've all done. And, and that, at that point where there was nothing he could do. It was too late at that point. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was, it was tough to read. And I'm sure, as you just said, it was was tough to talk through with with him. But another thing that was interesting, and we've spoken about already in this podcast about how how much Giannis cares for Alex. And I, I did laugh at the point where he got the phone call and like how did this is i mean is there anything more to that please like for uh, and i'm sure oh everyone, i hope God. everyone's going to read this but for those that haven't read that if you can talk through that yes and i left out the most important thing it happened two more times during <laughs> that the session and i was so pissed that i could not find i i think i spent like three hours at the coffee shop like where can you be like this happened again and it just like didn't work yeah. Um, and I was like, whatever, people understand the significance. Even if it doesn't happen two more times, he's still helicopter as hell for doing that yeah. when he's in the house. Like point has been made, you know? Um, but that was my favorite detail. So we're just sitting there and phone rings and I'm like, oh my God, like the 17 year old is so cool. Like I'm so lame and like <laughs> I'm feeling like real old, like who is calling this man? And I think like the phone call was so short and like it's in Greek, right? So I feel already like an outsider right. like I have no idea what's happening but I think earlier in my career I would have let that go and been like oh like maybe he had to handle something but I was like why not just ask him thank god I asked him I was like so like who is that and he was like oh like I'm sorry that was my brother <laughs> and I'm like isn't your brother like here upstairs because Giannis had come in earlier in the interview he just like showed up and I like I mentioned earlier I was like actually dead and so I knew he was like, all right, I'm going to just be upstairs. And so I was like, okay, he, like he's in the house. Like, why is he calling you? And he's like, you know, like he's just making sure that I'm okay and all this stuff. And I would see at later points in the day, Giannis would say things like, this is Alex's first big interview. Like, how did he do? You know, it was just like really cute. Like he was genuinely concerned. Like, how is Alex going to do? Is he is he nervous? Like, what's up? Like, how's he handling it? Um, so yeah, th- I mean, it really, <laughs> I mean, that's like I said, when we, when we started, I said, I don't think that, and I, I've certainly seen stuff or, or read stuff 
um, in the past, but certainly not to this level. So, I, I mean, I, I, it, you know, it seems like he handled it pretty well, but <laughs> if he wasn't handling it well, then Giannis was going to be uh, right there to, uh, you know, make that phone call and he could say the, the I don't know, the magic word in, in, in Greek or something like that. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they had planned. <laughs> I mean, the thing about their relationship that I love so much, though, is there's a distance. And that's what I mean by Giannis as like a father figure and a maturity about him. Just like in that scene where Alex wasn't playing well in South Dakota and Giannis just gave him a little bit of advice, just a little bit, like just enough for him to chew on so that he could figure it out himself. Like Giannis seems helicoptery, but to be honest, like he's really not like he's on him, but he's hands off too. Like he wants Alex to problem solve, figure things out on his own, be his own man. Like Giannis is like brilliant. Honestly, he's just like so conscious of these things. He's so conscious of like letting Alex figure it out on his own, you know, like he wants to be there every second and he is, but he, he's trying to, he's trying to let Alex be his own man. You know, and that's hard when everyone compares the two. Yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was interesting because I I do think that, um, you know, Alex probably uh, is fortunate in the way that he has been able to go to high school close to Giannis, be with Giannis, and that's not really something, you know, Giannis did have to figure out a lot of this stuff for himself. And and I think that in some ways that was really interesting to read that he's not telling him what to do or how he did it or how he figured it out. He's letting him figure this out for himself. And I think for Giannis that obviously – uh, worked for him and and now he wants to see uh, he's not going to let his brother fail but he's also not going to not going to try and, and and tell him what he should or shouldn't be doing so that was that was super interesting but we haven't really spoke about his mom and and this the, there was just yeah. a little part in this when it was about uh, you know obviously him being out and 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 playing basketball and not you know coming home for dinner or whatever it may be but what did you get the sense of the relationship was with Alex and Veronica and and and, uh did you get into that a lot you know what um thank you for asking this because that's my one regret with the piece I felt like I didn't do her justice and I I tried it's just like there's only so many anecdotes you can and details you can bring and like I think after every article part of me feels really sad for everything that gets left in the notebook and I think I I was really sad um, about that with her. Um, I tried to put a little bit, but I didn't feel like I put enough. So I think I found out actually so much about her. And then like, and Giannis even said to me, he was like, look, like, yeah, I'm trying to be an example, but it's really her. It's really her and their dad that set the example. It was watching her sell CDs by the side of the road that taught Alex work ethic. They were the examples. They were the ones. And there was this really tender anecdote with the mom and Alex because I wanted to get more into Alex's like shy personality and he's so quiet. Um, He opened up to me. So I was like, quiet where this guy like kept talking, but like um, she said that like, he's so intuitive. And one time he was five years old and she was really ill. This was like back in Greece. And he sensed that she was suffering, but like he's five, but like he was so caring even as like a baby that a little toddler, then he just started singing to her because he (laughs) wanted her to feel better and she felt better and it was like the most tender thing ever and uh it was in my first two versions of the story and then on the third it just like didn't work so I scrapped it but that was one of the things that I really liked she is so proud of him she is so um confident in him 
she feels like he's going to make the right decision for him. She doesn't feel like there's pressure on him because she, she knows he's a, like she says, like he's a humble, good boy. Like he's sweet and caring. So she doesn't, all she cares about is that he's sweet and caring and hardworking. That's it. Like that's, that's the the metric of success for that family. And Alex has done that in droves. Um, I tried to bring it back to her at the end about the conversation about money and not changing. And she's always like nervous. Like, what do you need? Like, do you need anything? Do you need money? Come on. And um, he always says no. Um, And she says like, he doesn't even talk to me about stuff. Like Alex holds so much in. So when I asked her, because during a, during when you're reporting, you're basically asking all the characters in your story similar questions about the same topic to see how they differ and so I was asking her about the dad's death and that effect on Alex and she says I don't know he doesn't talk to me about it so I just first of all then I felt like a horrible human I was like so he doesn't even tell his mom and I I got him to like talk to me about it that's that's weird and awful you know but she she's this is a long-winded answer of saying she's very proud well, no, and no. First of all, that was good because <laughs> I, I will say that I know that I don't tell my mom anything either. So I, right. I so that first of all is like you know that's right. I, I, I think I think that's I think that's a common thing, and particularly he's seventeen. I I might not tell my mom a lot now, but I definitely didn't tell my mom anything when I was seventeen. So I, yeah. <laughs> that 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 makes a lot of sense. But that's yeah. I mean, th- this is the thing. I mean, you always see uh veronica around and and she's at all the games and 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 you see her around a lot but i don't think that many people uh talk about her a lot or or have had the chance to talk about first of all because they are generally a a pretty private family but also because it it, Giannis has become such a a, the dominant figure of the family i guess that sometimes that that overshadows the other people but um clearly that the way they all speak about her uh she is uh the, the leader of the family and the one holding them all together for sure. I mean, I have one more Veronica story if you have time. Please, uh, we got we got um, plenty of time. I she was not she was really shy for like the whole day, and I just was like doubting whether I was going to get her or not. There was just like never a good time. Like when we were at the house, she was in the kitchen like cooking, and like I know cooking. I don't know. I just you, you don't want to be like that person in the kitchen, like going up to the mom in the kitchen being like, hi, here's my microphone while you're cutting apples. Like, it's just like so weird. It's just so awkward. And um, so we were at the Bucks facility and they were all working out. And then I just was like, F it. Like, I have to do this. Like, and so I just was like, hey, can I talk to you? Um, I'm having such a good day. Like, I'm really appreciating all the time you're spending with me I was wondering if we could go talk and so we went into this like the lounge in the Bucks facility and we're sitting like very far apart on the couch she's like she chooses to sit like way over there and I'm like over here and I'm like you know what it's fine I've had way more awkward situations and um and then slowly she just like barely says anything and it's it's kind of a tough interview at first not getting much time goes on 30 minutes in Um, she starts like warming up and she's so kind and she's so great. And then she's like, takes out a thing of Altoids and is like, do you want one? And I was like, oh oh my God, like she gave me an Altoid. I gained her trust. Oh my God. Anyway, it's just one of those like nerdy reporter moments. The story behind the story where you're like, oh, 
I did it. I broke through. Like, she doesn't hate me. It's fine. I, I did it. Um, so it was really sweet of her. She's really, really kind, really amazing person. No, that, that's certainly something I've heard from people that have, have spoke to her. It's certainly not, uh, it's certainly not rude. It's nothing, uh, you know, in, in that fashion, but she is generally a, a quieter person and will keep to herself. So I'm glad that, you know, now we all know that the Altoid is the uh, is, <laughs> the, Altoid. is the official sign of, uh, you know, breaking that barrier with, with Giannis' mum. But uh, one last thing, and I don't know whether this was, was a topic at all, but but when you talk about, you know, these guys and, and you said that they, they all live together, um, mm-hmm. including Giannis' girlfriend, but uh, I'm guessing now that uh, Thanasis has come to Milwaukee, I'm not sure whether you got any sense for their relationship, but... Uh, I would have to imagine that 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 is is was obviously a a huge uh, you know uh, happy moment I guess for the family that that the older brother can can come or the older brother playing basketball can come back and, and live with the guys in Milwaukee as well. I mean, it's it's a dream. I it's interesting. Like I, it feels like forever ago when I was there. Honestly, I think it was like June right, or it was something. Before, but. Yeah. Yeah, and it was before the NBA Awards show, all that. But I can totally imagine that they are thrilled. I mean, look, like, we're America's obsessed with basketball families. I think, like, this family is what BBB, like, wanted to be. And, like, I only say that because, like, I've I've profiled both LaMelo and Lonzo and had, like, LeVar crossover in both of those stories. And, you know, as close as that family is, in a lot of ways, like, they're – like LaMelo was never around Lonzo the way that Alex is around Giannis. Like this family is just like always around each other. It's not, it's just very genuine. And so I know the Thanasis thing must have been incredible because he motivated Giannis growing up. Like, yes, Giannis was the one pushing all of them. He had the most drive, but like Thanasis was like, man, his athleticism was like nuts. Growing up, they would just all watch him dunk with such like, you know tenacity and they would just be like shook like oh my yeah. god like how did he do that you know so it's just so cool to watch it come full circle and and this closest thing with the lakers is interesting and you know i know that everyone is like oh my god eyeball emoji what does that mean but i think it's for them it's it's not really about all that stuff it's just like are you working hard are you being a kind person are you being a good brother like their metrics for success are, are a lot different yeah, I, I I completely agree, and uh, and they are. I I don't know. I mean, they're unique. I I certainly have not been around a, a, a superstar player. I mean, you know what it's like. You can get around the the star players, and it just feels different when you're around Giannis. He is uh, one of the more genuine genuine stars I I think you could ever imagine. But before we wrap this up. Is there anything do you think? Hopefully, I've I've tried to cover most of the main things. But is is there anything at all that you think I've missed, or anything that you wanted to to share from from this from this story before we before we wrap this up? Hmm. You asked really great questions. Um, I am trying to think. You know, once you once you finish an article, you're like, okay, uh, you know, moving moving on, even though they they stick with you forever. But I think. Um, I think that like there, there is a temptation to profile players of Alex's age in a way, in a way that's just like, put them on the internet, like show their highlights, ball is life, bleacher report, like overtime house of highlights. And 
I just, I'm just saying this from like a, like a, if I wasn't a writer, if I was just a person, I think I would just want more. Like I, I want to learn more about these kids. Like I've profiled a lot of high school kids and I think people are like, why do you do this? And I think it's because they're a lot more complex than we think. I think they deal with a lot of really difficult questions. I think growing up in America right now is really, really hard. I think that um, the most interesting time to profile someone is at the beginning of their career. And I hope the next time somebody comes across a person like Alex, a young person like that, whether they're in a basketball family or not, they just think like, hey, this is a person that's dealing with a lot of things right now. You know, they're not just like a kid on the rankings. You know, they're kids with so many interesting, complex parts of their stories. No, I, yeah, I, I think I think that that for me, and and I'm much the same. This is the type of thing that I like to, uh, and and not necessarily uh, just just report on, but but speak to people about stuff away from basketball because I think it is too easy to to just think that these guys earn a lot of money, they're on TV, and they're not real people. But uh, I think that for a lot of people, they've probably always thought, well this must be a pretty sweet life. He's a 17 year old. Uh, he, everyone thinks he's going to play in the NBA. He's flying around everywhere. His brother's Giannis. But uh, I think the thing that you touched on and what made the story so great was that it's not always easy. And there's a lot of things going on uh, when you're particularly at that age. So uh, yeah, again, uh, I hope everyone is going to read this. I'll certainly uh, put the link up when, when we get this podcast up. But Mirren, I really appreciate you taking the time this afternoon, I will say, or this morning, it's Wednesday, <laughs> yeah, I'm in the future. But uh, I, yeah, again, I really appreciate you coming on. And for everyone that doesn't follow Mirren, you can get her on Twitter at, at Mirren Fader, writes for Bleacher Report. And uh, like I said, this Alex story was great. There's also the story just coming out overnight on the on Las Vegas, the WNBA franchise. I definitely would read that one as well. But uh, once again, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. All right, that'll do us. I don't know. I can't say for sure whether Ty's going to be back next uh, next episode, but we'll probably be back <laughs> in a few days. Uh, but for everyone, thanks for listening again. And uh, as Ty, again, Ty normally wraps this up, but you can subscribe and rate and, and all those things that he normally tells you to do. And uh, we appreciate you listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.